0: You're listening to Agents of Man, Presented by the Nicholas Center. The podcast that features conversations about being human. Hosted by individuals who just happen to be on the autism spectrum.
1: Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Welcome to Aids of Humanity, presented by the Nicholas Center and produced by Launchpad 516
2: Studios.
0: New episodes will be available every two weeks on all of your favorite podcast
2: platforms. Join us for each episode as our hosts, who just happen to be on the autism spectrum, talk about everyday life as a human.
0: Sometimes we'll interview very special people, and sometimes we will have conversations between us.
1: In the end, we'll always ask the question, how do you make the world a better place?
0: And become your own Agent of Humanity. Welcome to to
3: Agents of Humanity!
1: I'm Robert. I'm Amanda. I'm Tara. I'm Tomas. And our guest today is Tom Foth, um, Senior Emerging Technology and Innovation Consultant. Mr. Foth is creating an app that will be used by the Nicholas Center to collect important data about the autistic adults whom we serve. This will save our staff so much time as they can enter data in real time when working with participants. Tom is an award-winning inventor with 49 years of experience. At age 10, Kimberly Clark filed a patent application for Tom's Easy Open Envelope, and he never looked back amassing 46 patents with four pending across a broad set of domains. Often described as a unicorn, Tom is equally conversant in technology, innovation, and business value creation, says Tom. Um, um, One of Tom's quotes is, innovation that that does not create value, only creates noise. Tom welcomes opportunities to help clients understand how technology and innovation
2: can create new unrealized business value.
1: Tom, welcome to
2: the show. No, yeah, thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here, and uh, it's an it's it's an honor to actually be uh, interviewed by you folks. So, I guess
1: I'll start. Um, I guess my first question is, um, how has this app that you've developed different from other apps you've previously developed?
2: Um, I well, I think the subject matter is 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 clearly different. You know, uh, the the subject matter of this app is is what we call a uh, low friction a collection of behavioral data, and Mm -hmm. so um, when uh, Jeremy came to me Mm -hmm. and asked, you know, could we create an app that would make it really, really easy for our staff to collect observations about the behavior of our participants, that's something that I I had um, I'd, I'd done work in the area of low friction data collection before, but never for behavioral data and all that. And so Jeremy and I worked together on that and and created the app a lot with his insights on uh, what are qualities of life and my insights on application design.
0: I understand you were ten years old when you designed an easy open envelope. Wow! Can you tell us a about- us about your start as an inventor.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about this because um, on Friday I became a grandfather for the first time, and you're gonna wonder, you know, what is the connection between becoming a grandfather and being an inventor? Well, my grandfather was a, a very inventive person. Um, he had a a shop where he would invent things, uh, toys, uh, games, uh, devices of all different kinds. Uh, He was also a photographer um, and a movie maker, uh, as well as a gardener. And uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandfather growing up. And he showed me uh, not only how to do these sorts of things, but he also showed me um, how to... um, Think about being creative and think about, you know, um, taking what you have uh, at at hand and and doing things with it and that. And so, you know, my, my grandfather and I would often build stuff together. And, you know, I learned how to develop film when there used to be film cameras and stuff like that. Uh, he um, self-taught, uh, learned how to fix TVs and radios, and he taught me how to do that. All that really led me into this really creative life that's created a career for me the past 50 years. Uh, Can you tell us about the open envelope? Yeah, so um, I was uh, playing around uh, with the concept of if a a pilot has got a a secret mission and they're not allowed to uh, open up the orders for that mission, until they're actually in flight. Um, how does it? How can you make an envelope easy for a pilot to open the envelope? And I thought, well, wow, if there was like a string in the envelope um, in the crease of the envelope and he just tore off a corner and pulled the string across, then that would open the envelope. And um, sure enough, it worked and I made a bunch of them in that. My father saw me playing around with the idea And he said, would you make me 10 of those? And I said, sure. And I never really heard much back uh, from that. My dad worked for Kimberly Clark. And about two years later, they sent me a letter and said, look, we actually tried to make your envelope. And um, here's what happened, you know, and that. And they went into all the details of the manufacturing process and the patent application process and all that. And so that's how it really all started. And in the end, they said, you know, look, you know, this is just your first idea. And it was a really good idea. Don't stop. And I I really took them seriously at that. And I I never stopped. Very, very cool. That's that's very, very cool.
1: Um, I guess that 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 thing inspired your uh, lifelong love for inventing, I guess. Yes, absolutely.
0: You have 46 Patterns, how do
2: you come up with new ideas? So um I think it's it's a cross between 80% of the ideas I actually am paid to come up with. So somebody will bring me a, a business problem and they'll say we need a, a good way of solving this business problem. And uh, I take my all of my uh, learning. Uh, my creativity and my systems thinking skills and systems engineering skills. And I come up with different alternatives of doing it Uh, because I have worked across a lot of industries doing a lot of different things. I, I put a lot of the things that I've observed together in novel and unique ways that people hadn't thought about before because they haven't lived the life I lived. And as a result, a lot of those things are are novel and patentable, so we get patents for those. The other 20% of the things that I work on are things that I just find are um, interesting and important, um, either to myself personally or, in this case, like to the Nicholas Center. Um, And uh, and, and, and it's in in my nature to solve problems, and so when presented with a problem— I try to solve it the best way possible, and often that means that I can actually patent it. That's cool.
4: That's great.
0: I come up with ideas when I work on the podcast during, during so many interviews with different guests on Agents of Humanity.
2: That's great, and and that I think that that's a really really important thing to reflect upon. Is you know using your um, your recognition of people's um, problems, uh, maybe new things you've learned about that can be solutions to problems, and then putting all that together—that's the way that inventors work. And I think that that's really really great. And I do want to say that you know in my previous answer, I said that it's my unique set of experiences. With um, looking at different problems, seeing the way different problems are solved, and all that—that that helps me invent. And I think that that's something that's really, really important about the, the Nicholas Center and neurodiversity uh, specifically. Is that um, you know, it's it's neurodiversity is just different ways of thinking about things, and those insights um, can often lead to creativity. Um, I'm sure you're aware of this, um, but as it turns out, people with uh, uh, neurodiversity are often some of the best computer programmers in the world. And again, that's because they mm-hmm. they, they, they like to stay on task. Um, They're very sensitive to details often, um, but most importantly is it's that base neurodiversity where they think about solving problems different ways um, and you put all that together and and that's a really rich set for people to solve problems by doing computer programming. Hmm. That's so Yeah, I mean nice. that,
1: I mean yeah I mean and and that's why I think that people, people should look into hiring more neurodiverse individuals because if you can find someone who 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 can hyperfixate on a very important task, you know, mm. you know, you know know who can get a very important task right every time it would bend 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 bend, bend with the company enormously because you'd have to do it less times.
2: Yeah. And so to that point, you know, my um, my previous employer and now the company I still do consulting for, uh, PWC, we do hire uh, neurodiverse uh, individuals to do programming. Yeah. Um, mm, nice. And, and the only cool. I mean, doing that, very large companies are doing that. And that simply because they found it's such an incredibly rich workforce. And, um, you know, and and very often, I mean, always often rewarding to the people that are hired with, you know, neurodiversity.
4: Wow. I
1: mean, yeah, I, I, I very much agree with what you said. And I feel that, you know, more companies should look into hiring, um, neurodiverse employees for that reason, because you, 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 you tap into a very rich ideas, you tap into, people who can get things right every single time you can tap into people with new ideas and and you know know, new ways of doing things
2: yeah and and i mean i think obviously you have to be trained on how to program but you know um again um programming is 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 a skill that's developed and um it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not an easy skill, but it does seem to be a skill yeah. that a certain type of uh, neurodiverse uh, people can acquire uh, readily, easily, and then apply it in 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 really uh really apply it well. So
3: so what skills and experiences have you gained as an inventor?
2: Mm-hmm. I I think and, and I saw this question oh. sent this question to me in advance, and. And made me think a, a lot, of, and I've reflected on my past fifty years. In that, I think there's two really important skills that I've I've learned over these fifty years, and, and and the first is is to view everything as a system. And so, by that I mean is is that you know we're all parts of systems as people. You know, we, you know, for example, you guys come to the Nicholas Center. Well, the Nicholas Center is—you yes. go through a series of processes over your day. Um, yes. there are sub processes, like for example, when you're doing your different activities. I've been there. I've I've mm-hmm. seen them. And 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 you have to have an appreciation for systems that are working well, and those you don't want to actually mess with and mm-hmm. systems that can be working better and those are the ones that you want to um provide inventions for and enhance and but you want to do it in the context of the system so much like when jeremy asked me to create this app i said okay it has to be low friction it it it, it has to work with the way that the um staff is working and in that um that was in recognition of the fact that we can't disturb uh the way that the um, the staff works uh or we we have to do the minimal amount of um disturbing of the way the staff works uh to get the additional value i think the other thing that i've learned really really well is to um pay more attention to people uh yeah. one of the things is is that um, all inventions ultimately uh, go to serve people, and those people are the experts in what they do. So, for example, right now in this podcast, I don't do podcasting, but you guys do podcasting regularly. Yes, you're the experts, okay? And I'm I'm just here um, observing you as experts doing your activity in that, and mm-hmm. I can learn from your expertise. But then I can see where, I don't know if it's going to be in the case of this podcast or that, but I can watch experts doing their things where sometimes they're maybe a little bit clumsy or a little bit inefficient. And I can say, have you thought about doing it this other way? Because Mm. I saw something like that once and they did it a different way and that made things better for them. And so it's that context of observing systems and people and systems and respecting people and their sensitivities to doing the work that they do and and interfacing with those systems that i think is mm-hmm. most i've most learned and has best served me well
4: that's cool very very cool yeah, really nice.
3: amazing um, I have a question for you guys, maybe that you can share mm-hmm. with Tom, what do you what types of experiences or skills have you guys gained over time?
4: I've gained how to be like how to be more responsible with my work. Nice. Um,
1: I would say the same as Tomas plus learning how to manage my 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 anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as I'm working in the screen printing division, special designs too. So mm-hmm. I've learned how to, how, to, how to do various screen printing tasks, what, what it takes to like print images on t-shirts. So that's been very good.
3: Very nice. And what about you, Tara?
0: Being a good person and helping others if I can.
2: Nice. I, I think well, that that's, you know, I good. think everything that you've said is really, really important. Because ultimately, you know, the greatest, um, um, thing that we can do in life is serve each other, you know, and Mm -hmm. and help each other in each other's lives. If we all set that as as a North Star, as something we try to achieve, think how much better the world would be. So just being better people, helping people, uh doing your job with great uh accuracy and great attention to detail and all that, uh, quality, all all those things make the world a better place.
1: Cool.
4: That's true.
1: Um, um, how 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 has it taught you things about neurodiversity that you didn't previously know and what has surprised you with making the app?
2: So one of the things, you know, I, I mean I I knew something about neurodiversity um, before, uh, but you know I, I it's my responsibility when I'm called in to do, inventive work in an area or application work in the area to really really study it and um what i really found interesting about neurodiversity is that um there's a, there's a broad spectrum of of neurodiversity um and uh it it manifests itself in different ways both positively and and from a, st- a standpoint of challenge um You know, I I found that that was interesting and important to understand. I also um, found out quite accidentally that uh, one of my staff members, somebody who uh, worked for me, was actually um, uh, mildly autistic and mildly neurodiverse. And um, as a result, um, she had some difficulties doing public speaking, which was important for her job. And so we worked on that and uh, worked, um, you know, to help with that. So I think there was those things. The other thing is is that, um, you know, Jeremy taught me a lot about um, understanding, you know, what are, um, how do we promote the quality of life for those that are neurodiverse? Because they're going to experience quality of life differently, perhaps, than others, or they'll have different um, uh behaviors that will exhibit that quality of life being present and all that and i think that i learned a lot about that observation and that appreciation for again helping other people find quality in their life so i think those were probably the things i learned the most
4: nice
1: um uh I guess to me, neurodiversity means celebrating the different differences of the mind and allowing individuals to thrive within with their differences in their respective workplaces. Um, um, Tomas, um, what does neurodiversity mean to you specifically?
4: I learn from sometimes easily from like a glance, like sometimes I got like, it takes time, though. Like, yeah. Um, can you
1: explain what this app will provide? Any cool features for the staff?
2: Yeah. So, as, as, as I've I mentioned, uh, what this app does is it makes it very, very easy for the staff to say uh, for you know any individual that during this activity they exhibited these behaviors, which are elements of um, uh, improved quality of life uh, in that. And uh, what's important about that is now. As opposed to having a a subjective understanding, saying like, yeah, Johnny seems happier. We actually have objective behavior where we know certain behaviors were observed during certain activities at certain times on certain days. And then we can uh, track those behaviors on a per person basis over time and actually chart that out and saying like, are we really making a difference in a person's life? Are we actually um, improving their overall quality of life because we've uh, observed them doing more of these behaviors and what types of behaviors are those behaviors that they're, you know, some some areas of of a person's life they're gonna be um, exhibiting more behaviors and in other parts of, the, of somebody's life, maybe less, and so it gives us uh, the staff an opportunity to say, okay, maybe we can create more opportunities for better quality of life in this area. Um, and and it's that 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 being able to look at somebody over time objectively, and have a real um, understanding of you know what's changing in somebody's life. And again, ex- accelerating the things that are working and concentrating on the things that could be done better and helping that 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 participant, all those things are good. So right now,'m I'm, I'm currently working on um, some uh, display information or displaying of the information, graphically displaying the information so that um, Jeremy and the staff and, and and the board of directors and that all understand, what's happening in this area and um and and they can see that improvements are are actually taking place and maybe there's areas to work on in that so that's uh pretty exciting i think uh because it will actually ultimately um cause things to change that will make people's lives better so that's interesting cool
3: i love that especially you know Being a staff here, I think it's really important to catch those moments in real time because the data that we use now, um, you know, we're able to write out like catch the good and catch things that can be worked on. But I think just being able to have something in real time to track behaviors or progress um, and then have it all come together in that way is really important and I'm excited to use it.
2: Yeah, the other thing that's important about it is that it's standardized so that, you know, regardless of of who's collecting the data or uh, who they're collecting the data about, it'll all be collected the same way, which allows you to make comparisons and to actually, with some sense of accuracy, uh, building information over time and all that, that standardization uh, along with that um, uh, point in time data collection are are really hallmarks to this. You know, I'd really like to say too, that um, the Nicholas Center is really uh, fortunate to have staff like you and staff like Jeremy that um, understand the importance of that data collection. And uh, as a result, um, you know, um, gave me the opportunity to see those insights and those needs and, and create this app for the Nicholas Center. Something that I would invent
1: that I think would be very important is an app that can cross-reference news sources, articles, and websites to make sure whether something may be true or false, That like
2: verify news by cross-referencing other news sources. Yeah, I think that that's really, really great. And I think one of the things that's interesting about what you just said, Robert, is that When we built this app, we built the app in such a way that at some point in time, if we wanted to, we could actually allow family members of uh, neurodiverse people to actually use the app and collect data as well. How cool, and this is what inventors do, is they build on each other's ideas. But how cool would it be, Robert, if we took that app um, so that people could do data collection, so that parents and other people that interact outside of the Nicholas Center with a participant could collect those behaviors, but it could also provide them in information on neurodiversity. And to your point, that that information would be curated in such a way that you know it would you would know that it's it's true because it's cross referenced and all that stuff. So I, I, I um i really love your idea and i love how it, it can be could be very additive to what we might do with the app in the future
1: um uh, thank you very much thank you very much nice thank you very much Thank you Good. very
3: much. that's a great idea
1: robert I yeah, really idea. Love that. yeah i like that
4: idea, idea rob yeah
3: keep
1: um, that in mind what about you tomas uh, what would you invent if you had the chance
4: if i could i would invent like a vespa with sidecars because because like I feel like it would like it would get it would get like a lot transportation done a lot faster.
2: Yeah, and that's so one of the cool things, head. and I, I think that that's a really cool idea, Tomas. I think you know one of the things to think about, and 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 I like that because you know you you're trying to create value, and yes. what you said there was you know uh, allow transportation to be less costly and and faster and stuff like that, taking two people instead of one or maybe three people. Yes. On and so. I, I like your uh, approach to thinking about <laughs> why should we build this because yeah. it's going to create these values, and and that's that's been the hallmark of every invention that I've created. Mm. That there's a way of understanding the value because, you know, I, I as I as I one of my favorite quotes is is that mm-hmm. you know, invention that doesn't create value only creates noise. Because then people are yeah. got to say, why is this useful? Why do I care about this? And now all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's creating noise. Whereas, oh, I see how this improves my life. Well, then yes. it does create noise. It creates value. So great way of thinking about it, Tomas.
4: Thank you. What do you consider when creating an app or other items you have designed
2: yeah. And it, it is, it's that, that it's that principal thing. It's, well, it's, it's two principal things. The first thing mm-hmm. is, is how to um, make use of the existing system with, with uh, mm-hmm. creating the least amount of friction so that I want mm-hmm. to improve a system. I don't want to disrupt it. The second I thing see. is, is that improvement mm-hmm. part. I want to be able to create value. I want to say, okay, the mm-hmm. system is better because now we've added this step or we've removed these steps (laughs) and replaced them with this other step or whatever it is. Um, Those are always my two most important things.
4: Cool. Nice. Have you developed any sort of AI technology? So
2: I've, um, right now, um, I've worked on a lot of projects with AI. Uh, hmm. in, in the company and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've been involved with AI projects. I haven't personally been involved with a AI project for myself, hmm. although I've been involved in projects where we've used artificial intelligence to wow. be able to sort out um, when um, uh, bad reactions happen to drugs, uh, able to sort mm-hmm. out um, understanding medical articles and stuff like that and research. Um as well as understanding things like um, how different laws um, interact with different laws and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff in those areas and that. Oh, and then I have friends who are working in the area of um, medical technology where they actually are able to work with the AI, works with a nurse, and then uh, actually mm. diagnoses whether somebody's going to get ill from a disease called sepsis. And I see uh, if you don't yeah. diagnose sepsis quickly enough, you die. Um, wow and so, really, and so they're saving lives all over the place with this new AI technology. So
4: that's shocking, and wow, good too.
3: that's very interesting. I've that's heard awesome that in some hospitals too, they're already using like medical equipment, like sort of like robotic equipment to, yeah. to like greet patients yeah, they're using robots and to talk to them in between <laughs> like meetings with doctors. So that's really cool.
2: My, my last two surgeries were done by robots. Wow. Very, cool, wow. very cool. interesting.
1: Um, I guess my, I guess my next question is how has app development changed since you started developing
2: apps? What yeah. program and yeah. and uh, yeah. what
1: programs and software do you use to uh, develop? Yeah,
2: you you sent that along. Um, you have to understand that when I started programming, a computer um would fill up a whole room, um you know, and uh, we imagined that computers would get small, but never you know I mean, and we knew that they would get very small, but you have to understand that um. Mm-hmm the my, my apple watch is thousands of times literally thousands of times more capable and faster than the first computer that i used that filled up a whole room um we didn't even have um displays in those days because they were very expensive so we were using things like uh the machines that would um be like ty- uh, typewriters and mm-hmm. and they were very slow and they were very, very expensive. That that um, computer that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that was the first computer that I was responsible for in 1974, wow. uh, filled the room and cost a um, around a quarter million dollars back in those days. So Whoa! Millions a of lot. dollars. Millions of dollars today. And, and understand that you can now have that on your watch and you can buy it from Apple for a few hundred dollars. So completely wow, so really different, you know, and uh likewise <laughs> we've learned a lot more about how to write computer programs so that mm. they're easier to maintain, uh easier to check for errors, um, and um so there's so much has changed in those 50 years. It's, it's, it's the difference is night and day. The only thing that's remained the same is we, we, we still write computer programs for the same reason. We want to use computers to improve people's lives.
4: Nice. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. What are some of the patents of your 46 that you're most proud of and why? So,
2: there's a couple that I, I've received rewards for, and I'm very proud of those. One of those um is was a way of buying um postage for um mailing things without having to go to the post office to get stamps. Mm. Uh it's called electronic postage. And and you know, nowadays that accounts for literally billions of dollars of postage every year. Um there, there's another one. Uh, that I also created that allows businesses to more efficiently send their um, mail that I got an award for that is um, very, very popular in that. Um, the, um, the, um, the, the one award, the first one that allows people to print mm-hmm. their postage uh, without having to go to the post office, every time somebody sells something on eBay, they use that program. So that happens literally thousands and thousands and thousands of times a day. So, you know, my program lives in that, but, you know, I think um, there are, well, one thing is a a program that I developed um, that um, allows computers to play music in a certain way. And um, it's on display at the Smithsonian and uh, up until recently, it was actually in the haunted house at uh, Disney World, wow. and people would is... music from that program that I created, and that mm-hmm. was always pretty cool. I, I didn't, I didn't even know that they were using it there until I went to the museum and I saw it there, mm-hmm. and, and until I went to the haunted house at Disney World and I saw it. The other thing that I created that I'm very proud of mm-hmm. is something called wireless paper. Wow. And um, that allows you to actually al- allow um, to, to change paper in such a way that when you fill out a form on the paper, it sends the information that you're putting mm-hmm. onto the paper into a computer wirelessly. And uh, we we always thought that that was going to be really, really cool technology and all that. So um, it was very, very, uh, a team of us came together to invent that. It kind of came together on purpose it kind of came together Mm -hmm. accidentally and um, was very very exciting to create with that group of people so
4: inspiring
3: wow that's amazing
2: nice
0: what does it mean to you to receive an award
2: That's really a hard question to answer um, because there are so many people out there with so many good ideas. Um, I always try to remind myself that, you know, getting an award is very much situational. And that is, it's just that my idea happened to be in front of the right people at the right time that they thought it was important. It doesn't mean that the other ideas were less important. Um, it doesn't mean my idea was necessarily better. It's just that that group of people saw my ideas as important and gave me an award. Um, you know, in that and and I'm always grateful for the recognition and the reward, but I'm also very cautious to realize that you know, um, it's it's for that moment in time, and it doesn't mean that I'm done inventing, and it doesn't mean that I have uh, all the best ideas. It just means at that moment in time, somebody saw some value in what I did. Nice. Really cool. Yeah, I cool. Very cool. Very, very nice. Awesome. My inspiration always comes from a problem. It's always, you know, we're with, um, you know, understanding that, you know, value can be created if only um, something was changed in a way that doesn't create a lot of disruption. And, um, and that. And that. You know, it's it's always best when that really comes in from a standpoint of um, where there's going to be a really clear connection to people getting the benefit, as, as opposed to business systems or businesses getting the benefit, although I'm happy to help businesses as well. Um, and so I really enjoy creating value in people's lives.
0: So- So I get inspiration from people who help make me happy and inspired to work hard and be kind.
2: And that's we're in the same place. That's exactly where I am as well. So that's great.
0: Yeah, it's so good too to see you
3: guys be so inspired. And I think the Nicola Center offers such a range of things to kind of help you guys decide that for yourselves, right? To see like, what path you may want to go down, or what really makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing you guys flourish in this environment.
2: Definitely. So let and me let me there. ask you all a question. And yes. so again, my 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 app, the app that I've built for the Nicholas Center and worked on with, with Jeremy in that, is supposed to track behaviors that exhibit the fact that you have a good quality of life. So could you each tell me? Uh, mm-hmm. one thing that you might find yourself doing that says I'm happy. So you're doing something at the Nicholas Center, and you're you're doing this activity, and you, everybody should know that when I do this, I'm happy.
1: I'm uh, doing any 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 anything. Art- artistic related makes me very very happy to do so
3: and why is that
1: um because i like reading things i like being creative i like writing stuff i like thinking about stuff analyzing stuff so very cool yeah
4: Yeah.
3: and you tomas
4: i like doing the i like doing the going on computers and like just writing stuff articles about like about what we what we want to write about. Like, yeah. Like yeah.
3: I, like, it seems like you do a lot of research and you yeah, love looking I do. into things. I do, I do. And you love like looking into movies that are coming out. Yes. And definitely. actors. Yes, and that, yeah. so you find a lot of peace and joy in that. Yes. And what about you, Tara? What about you, Tara? What's something that makes you happy that you do here?
0: Well, seeing all my friends and makes me happy. I like doing my job here.
2: Yeah. And see, this is great because remember, I told you that, you know, um, it's important for me to understand, you know, how my um, application, my software works with people. Well, ultimately, um, all of the things that you just said and a whole lot more are all input into that program. Right. And so the, the uh, staff there is uh, observing those things and they're saying like oh wow look at look at tomas he's like really focused on writing that article and all that and therefore a a behavior that shows a high quality of life so Mm -hmm. it's really exciting and thank you for answering that question for me
4: you're welcome um uh so
1: uh thank you for being today's guest on agents of humanity we learned uh So much from you. We really do appreciate your time. Uh, We end all our interviews by asking our guests, how do you
2: feel you make the world a better place? Um, You know, I, I think I make it a better place by reducing friction and by creating value, by creating things that make life simpler for people or giving them information to make decisions. Um. Ultimately, you know, those things can go into everything from software for hospitals Mm -hmm. and that um, all the way to, um, you know, things like uh, the app that I did here at the at the Nicholas Center. I'd also like to say that, you know, there's things that I do outside of my work, for example, um, I do all the um, video of our church services here. In Melrose, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. And so, and we, we put that on the cable TV channel as well as a YouTube channel. And I know a lot of people are able, uh, people who aren't able to go to church, then can see something about our church and our services and stuff like that. And that makes me happy because there's a lot of shut ins who can't make it to church. And I know that they're getting something about uh, from our church service that they wouldn't otherwise get. So anything where I can improve somebody's quality of life is something that makes me happy.
1: We will be right back.
2: This is George, Fred, and Jason, the co-leaders of Speak, interrupting to say that we hope you're enjoying this episode, but please make sure to check out our new show, The Speak Podcast, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes available every two weeks on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Each Speak Talk
3: is about six to ten minutes in length, and the talks are given in storytelling format. There are three key moments in each Speak Talk. The moment of truth, the moment of transformation, and the moment of impact.
1: We host pop-up events all over the world, and now we're bringing our talks to your device. Join us on the Speak podcast as our speakers step onto the stage and into the spotlight with impactful ideas and stories. We'll let you get back to the show you were listening to, another great podcast from Launchpad 516 Studios. You're listening to Agents of Humanity. Presented by the Nicholas Center and produced by Lunchpad
0: 516 Studio. Today we had a special guest called Tom. He told us about like interesting stuff that he does. He also also said Mm -hmm. he had an app for us to use. Mm-hmm. How you guys like that app?
4: Well, it's not out yet. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be well received by us. Like.
0: Yeah, I really want to see it,
1: Rob. I want to
4: see it too. Uh,
0: I am very
1: grateful to him and the Nicholas Center for developing the app. I believe it's going to be a great app Having once it will. does eventually release for our staff and begins helping our staff out with the day to
4: day tasks. So. Yeah. Yes. I think definitely will be a good app. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was a nice man yep.
3: yeah and i think speaking to someone like him you know as he is an inventor and a creator <sighs> it's very inspiring right yeah. it like indeed makes, indeed it makes us yes. feel like you know we can do the same sort of things and that we can think about those types of things and do whatever our heart desires
4: yeah yep definitely being an inventor is really
0: yeah. Being an inventor can be challenging at times, but the more the merrier. Mm-hmm.
4: True.
3: Yeah, I mean, life is always filled with some challenges, right? But that's mm-hmm. how you eventually can solve a problem, which is what he said inspires him, right? Like usually, if there's a problem, he likes to figure out mm-hmm. a solution.
1: Um, I do find the talk that we had was very inspiring, um, yeah. especially mm-hmm. talking about, you know, how we got to start with the envelope, how he yeah. develops new ideas. I felt that the talk was indeed very productive and he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite guests we've ever had on this podcast so
0: far. We'll <laughs> oh yeah, I totally agree.
3: And I'm glad you guys enjoyed his company so much. It's yeah. He's a very
4: interesting yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: man and a very inspiring a nice man.
0: Guy. Yeah. yeah
1: um amazing ingenuity that he had developing this app so i hope he i hope when the the app finally releases it it will be everything that the nicholas center staff hopes for and and everything that we hope for so that
0: they can improve our lives i i thought he was like the next steve jobs because he's like tinkering everything
3: yeah he kind of sounds like it right he's a very very smart guy but, anyways, today was such a great conversation. You guys yes, did amazing. I had fun. We all so feel inspired I. and happy yes. and had we fun. Do. And <laughs> great job today.
1: Thank Woo-hoo. You. Woohoo! See you guys next time you next <laughs> on time. Agents of Humanity. Goodbye. Stay Goodbye. tuned. Bye. Stay tuned. Goodbye. Bye.
2: Agents of Humanity is produced by Launchpad 516 Studios.
1: Executive produced by George Andriopoulos. Our theme song, The Nevertheless Sea Perspective, It's by Bonnie Grace. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound.
2: Agents of Humanity is hosted with B.
0: This podcast is presented by The Nicholas Center, a human services agency that is revolutionizing the way
1: autistic people learn, live, and work. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it.
2: Follow the Nicholas Center at the Nicholas Center on Facebook, at Nicholas Center on Instagram, and at Nicholas-Center on LinkedIn. Visit our website, tncnewyork.org, for more information, upcoming events, or to donate. Please make
0: sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios.